Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. Yes, it is. Yet another Thursday night in downtown Everett, in the studios of KRKO, Everett's Greatest Hits, Sports and More. We're ready for another edition of Prep Sports Weekly. Tom Lafferty here, Steve Willits, socially distanced in the other studio. How are you? As always. Good, Tom. How are you? We're doing pretty well. we got a show. We do have a show tonight. Yeah, as usual. Uh, great guest. We're just going to continue this thing rolling right along here into the uh Further into the month of December, I guess I should say, this is our second show this month. And, yeah, we've uh, got lined up tonight a a little bit of everything again. We're going to have an opening segment here in just a moment in which we're going to talk to Andy Bueller of Washington. Bueller. Yeah, I know. I thought about that, too, but I I thought he's he's heard that that a million times. So (laughs) not spelled the same, I might add. But, yeah, Andy Bueller from Washington Scorebook Live will be joining us. Second consecutive week we've had somebody from that website. Last week we had Todd Millis on. If you'll recall, Todd had just uh, put together – a list of the top 50 ranked girls basketball teams in the state of Washington, regardless of classification. Andy did the same thing on the boys' side of things. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. And, of course, some of those teams are from here in Snohomish County, so we'll get to that here in just a moment. We're then going to talk to another basketball team. I shouldn't say another. Andy's not affiliated with the basketball team, but we're going to continue to talk boys' basketball with members from the Arlington Eagles tonight. We're going to have head coach Nick Brown join us, along with assistant coach Jeff Bryson, who's a little bit of a legend in his own right up in Darrington. Played up there, won a state championship as a head coach, and now he's an assistant under Nick Brown. Jeff's son, Drew Bryson, is also going to join us. And for those who uh, might recall, I think, what, three years ago, Drew was all area here at Arlington. He's now playing basketball up at Simon Fraser, so we'll talk to him. Who He's home for the holidays. And also joining in on that conversation, Ethan Martin, who was a sophomore last year for Arlington. And, oh, by the way, second team All-Wesco as a sophomore. So we'll catch up with the Eagles. And then later on tonight at the end, uh, during our final segment, we're going to talk to Jack McAllister, football player for Kings High School, who is a kicker slash punter. Going to talk a little high school kicking tonight. Thought that might be kind of fun. A little bit bit different angle than what we're used to. And not only that, but I think just Jack's one of the top kickers and punters in the state. I know he's certainly somebody who's getting a lot of looks, and we've had this conversation time and time again over the last two or three months. The challenges for a high school football player, or any sport for that matter, in staying in front of college coaches and recruits, knowing that they're they're trying to get looked at in a time of a pandemic, wanted to kind of get the angle of a kicker and a punter, because I know they still have camps and clinics they can go to, and Jack is certainly somebody who... I first took note of on Twitter because he's just one of those guys where one weekend he's down in Dallas at some sort of punting camp and then he's in Vegas doing kicking and just going all over the place trying to stay in front of everybody. So I thought that might be kind of fun and and different for us tonight. Today's show brought to you by Hometown Handyman by Screen Printing Northwest, the law office of Russell and Hill, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, Glass by Lund, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood by Everett Safe and Lock, and by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed. Let's get going. Let's get going indeed. Andy Bueller joining us right now from Washington Scorebook Live. Andy, are you ready to talk a little boys basketball? It's It's been a while. It has. It has. Although I think the last official high school sports uh, event that I covered was uh, the state championship game in the Tacoma Dome. So uh, 
it feels it feels fitting in a way, although that was nine months ago. But thank you guys, uh, I'd like to say, for having me on. No, absolutely. And we need to talk a little bit about this, much like we did with, with Todd last week. I, I want to make sure we give a shout-out, and some folks may not have been listening. Washington Scorebook Life, you guys have certainly come onto the, uh, onto the scene here and really stepped up and, and filled a position that was really kind of needed here in, in Washington State in terms of giving um, – you know, coverage to some of our local high school teams, their athletes, their coaches, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you guys are doing a lot of writing content. You've got podcasts. And I know you're working pretty closely with a guy who we used to watch play basketball around here back in the day, uh, one Dan Dickow from down in your neck of the woods, right, from Prairie High School, went to Gonzaga, went to the University of Washington for a while, played in the NBA, and now he's providing a lot of content as well. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are up to these days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, like I said, there has there hasn't really been much of uh, live sports here since the pandemic uh, broke out in, in March, late February. But we've been hard at work since. Um, you know, we're running a website, scorebooklive.com/washington, that uh, takes a look at and covers high school sports uh, from a statewide lens. And uh, you know, I came from a, a local paper, the Columbian in Vancouver, and so it's been a great challenge to uh, step into a, a role. Uh, getting to learn about, uh, you know, different pockets of the state, uh, you know, like the one you guys are in. Uh, it's so much great basketball up there. Um, but we've maintained a weekly podcast, the SB Live Washington podcast, uh, which, you know, I host with Todd Millis, who you had on last week, like you said, and uh, and Dan Dickow. Uh, we, it's basically that podcast is like an extension of our, uh, you know, week-to-week week week coverage, uh, our written content on the website. Uh, and then Dan uh, launched uh, in, over the summer, I should say, he launched the ISO podcast uh, with Dan Dickow is what it's called. And he sits down with experts in the world of sports and basically just unrolls his list of contacts, which... He's got <laughs> a few. He, a couple. I mean, we we had uh, he. I should say he had Steve Kerr on in in uh, the spring. Uh, the, the list goes on, but there's it's it's not just uh, you know big names in the world of basketball. Uh, there's been you know a, a NBA 2K producer, uh, you know just a, a ton of great guests. It's a three times a week podcast. It's it's free wherever you get podcasts, and uh, so Dan Dan has added a great great element to to what we do uh, at SB Live. And in 2020, we should point this out as well. No paywall, correct? This is all free content. Uh, it is, yeah. <laughs> it Not is. always the case. So. No, it isn't. And and uh, the subscription model is uh, it's something that's you know tried and true in, in journalism and local journalism, especially. And right now, we're we're giving it away for free. And so there's there's just a a lot to find, a lot to discover, and uh, so. Yeah, it's it's exciting. The point of entry is easy if you're a reader and, and you want to know a little bit more about uh, how how kids, how high school students, uh, high school athletes are navigating uh, the pandemic. Well, there we go. And we should also point out, too, it's not just basketball. You've got football, uh, softball, baseball, other sports as well. Just did a soccer article that's very interesting and intriguing for some around here. So certainly if folks want to get out there, they should check that out. But first and foremost here, we want to talk a little bit about an article that you wrote last week you compiled a list of the top 50 boys basketball programs in the state of Washington, regardless of classification, 
heading into what we hope will be the 2021 season. Same question I asked Todd, how, how difficult is a list like that? Obviously, you're covering a lot of ground, you're covering every corner of the state, but not only that, you're covering six different classifications. Not an easy list to, uh, to put together. No, and especially not so when, you know, there's no summer, uh, there's no June ball. Um, and so, you know, not only am I not able to go out and see these teams play in person, but a lot of the coaches and the kind of the web of contacts and sources haven't really seen uh, other teams or even their own team. Uh, so that presented a challenge, but uh, it was still uh, a really fun thought exercise, honestly, especially in a year where uh, there's not going to be, if, if we are looking at a season this year in 2021, uh, there's not going to be a traditional state championship. Uh, it's going to be, you know, fairly localized uh, regional tournaments, uh, I, I think, is probably a best case scenario as the WIA has uh, has uh, lined up. Um, and so I think that kind of drives home the importance of something like this, uh, just to honestly see how these teams stack up against one another. Um, you know, in theory, we were able to see a lot of it last year. Um, in the state tournament, there's a lot of those great players uh, that, that performed at the state tournament in, in your area as well come back. So uh, it, it was a, a great, fun, thought exercise that, uh, you know, spent a, a decent amount of time uh, putting together. Well, definitely. Well, let's go ahead and start to look down this list here. And I should point out 19 different 4A teams made your list, 19 3A teams. And, and that's where the similarities kind of end right there as far as looking at the top of the list anyway teams one through five as well as team number seven so six of your top seven teams all residing in the 3a classification the top four teams all coming from metro let's go ahead and just give you a rundown of those teams really quick here o'day garfield Eastside catholic seattle prep mount spokane enters at the number five spot auburn at the number seven and of course i think the one name that really jumps out there after watching them last year and watching uh, Mr. Banchero there the last couple of years over at O'Day, uh, the Irish coming back really strong. I guess that – is it fair to say that was a no-brainer, number one? Yeah, I think when you bring back a uh, arguably the top recruit in the country, uh, you know, consensus top three recruit in, in Paulo uh, Banchero, I think that's where it starts. I know O'Day – uh, you know, they lost in the state championship game last year to Garfield. Uh, Garfield was very convincing in that win, but a lot of that talent graduated. Tari right. Eason's off at uh, Cincinnati now, and Kendall Munson is at Pepperdine. And uh, I think Garfield, uh, they tend to reload pretty well, and they have a really young core, uh, good, strong young core uh, that contributed, played a big part last year. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, the margin is, is thin, uh, it's it's certainly uh, would would I be surprised if if Garfield you know played its way into uh, the number one in Metro uh, even an Eastside Catholic with uh, you know Arizona State com- or Arizona commit Shane Noel and uh, bringing back a lot of the core from last year I, I think that you know the the margin between that top four top five is is pretty slim but it has for me it has to start with an O'Day team that that uh, you know, brings back a lot of talent. Yeah, definitely. So we just mentioned your top six teams in 3A. As I start to go down the 3A list, you have Wilson at number 10 overall. And then the next team is the one that we're very familiar with around here. At number 13 overall, you've got Marysville Getchell, the Chargers from right up the way here. Obviously, we've, we've had a chance to watch them. And uh, one player in particular, Malachi Knight, who is looking like he is more and more of a superstar type of a talent uh, 
year in and year out uh, as he goes along. He just keeps getting better and better. Uh, talk a little bit about the Chargers and what you've seen from them and what we can expect this year if we can get back out on the court. Absolutely, yeah. And there's The Chargers have been really excited for this season uh, for a few years now, and that's when uh, this senior group uh, decided um, as eighth graders to attend Marysville Getchell. Uh, Malachi Knight obviously headlining uh, that that group, but they bring back uh, their top six players from last year and you know, made it, were knocked out of the state tournament by a, a really strong Wilson team, I should say. Uh, and so, you know, I think that have a guy like Malachi Knight that just, you know, for all that he does on in, in the baseball diamond can do, uh, you know, a lot of great stuff in, in, on the basketball court too. Um, I think it, it kind of starts there. Um, they're really excited about this group. And, and, you know, for me, especially in a year when, um, you know, it's a quick, it's going to be a quick turnaround uh, when we get the go ahead for a uh, high school basketball season. And so I think that's going to favor teams with experience. Uh, that was definitely a factor. And when you bring back your top six, um, it's especially with a steady point guard, that's important. Um, I think it fares well for Getchell. And we should point out only well, two. And the interesting thing about Malachi Knight is, Going to UCLA at nowhere near Pauley Pavilion. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> right. No, it's exactly right. Uh, he'll, he'll be rocking some some Jordan brand uh, if, if he makes it down there. Uh, although I'm sure that he's he's going to be uh, potentially hearing his name called in a, yeah. in a draft next year. So yeah, we should point out too. You mentioned top six, but not only that, Getchell only two seniors on that entire squad. So in a year where continuity is key, that could be huge for them. Uh, we kind of continue going down the 3A list. We'll get to 4A here in a moment. The next uh, team that we see from our region up here, number 22 overall, number 12 in terms of the 3A schools, the Stanwood Spartans, a, a team that was fairly young last year and bringing quite a few guys back. Stanwood is a team that I think is, you know, could be really, really, really good. Um, you know, the, you, you have two solid point guards, uh, solid guards back that can score. Uh, they call themselves, I think they refer to themselves as the Splash Bros in Court Roberson and Jer uh, Jake Cleary. Uh, you can't leave them open. They can hit big shots, uh, even with the hand in their face. But I think the key this year to Stanwood uh, is Caden McLaughlin, the 6'7 swing man. Uh, he's an athlete that most teams don't have. Uh, and He's poised, I think, to take a big step this season. They were really uh, encouraged by what they saw last year, and it, it's kind of the the, the off season that that could that could uh, you know produce a really big jump from him. So if, when you have a core in those three, um, it's a great starting place. And I, and I think you know Stanwood played; they had a really good season last year. That um, you know I know ended before they would have wanted, and bringing back everyone with sort of that fire uh, never hurts. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned McLaughlin, too. I, he just looks like a power keg ready to go off. You, you saw glimpses of it last year where he did not look like a sophomore, so it should be fun to see what, what he can do there. Uh, the the only other 3A team that hails from up here in Snohomish County is a, a team that I'm fairly familiar with. It's my alma mater. That's the Mount Lake Terrace Hawks. And, and the thing about the Hawks, uh, you may not have the star power of maybe like a Malachi Knight, but top to bottom, that roster is pretty stacked with not only really solid players, but players that have accumulated quite a bit of experience at the varsity level the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and bringing back experience, like I said, is, is going to be huge in, in, a, in a year like this. 
Uh, and sometimes, you know, when a team jumps up a classification, uh, they're generally in for a challenge facing bigger school teams. But, uh, you know, in, in a multi-classification league, um, you know, Mount Lake Terrace, I think those 3A schools are, are sitting there going, okay, yeah, they're, <laughs> we know who they are. Uh, and, you know, they're disciplined. They're a team that's well-coached. Uh, Nail and Sued, obviously, the uh, Wibka president does a, a tremendous job there. And bringing back a guy in, uh, in Jace Brakefield that can make things go down low, uh, Robbie Berenger, a good, good three-point shooter, uh, you know, steady hands and Trad Pepper, and uh, like you said, a lot of experience. But, Steve, I'm going to flip this on you real quick. Uh, can I ask you a question? Uh-oh. Is that all right? Sure, let's give it a shot. So I was talking with, uh, with Nail and Sued recently. Uh, he told me about his first high school coaching job that he got <laughs> just a couple years out of high school. Yes, I am. JV gig. His 4-16 and 16 squad. I, I think I've heard about them. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he tells me about uh, this story, the story of a, a rival game. I, I should say you guys are closing in on an upset. Um, and he has this scrappy point guard uh, who's kind of leading the charge. And I think you could take the, the, S, the S off of scrappy, it, it, though. It was at Linwood High. I, 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 hey, I, I, talent-wise, you could take the S off. If I had anything going for me, I was scrappy. So. He says that you, you split your head open at the end of a game and, and you know ended up having to leave the game. Uh, but he said you wanted to stay and finish out the game with a gash in your head, this, that type of competitor. Is that true? I, hey, I appreciate you bringing that up on the radio. I had no idea you would go there with me. But, yeah, Lin- Linwood High School, the old Linwood High School, I can still remember that to this day the score was 45-45 with four minutes and 23 seconds left because I, I blacked out. You got knocked out when I came to. I was staring at the scoreboard as they were holding my head up. And, yeah, it was quite the quite the moment for me. You you, you always know when, when I have – I had a father who was kind of a – he's kind of the tough construction worker type and – like I said, I went face first into the ground. I had a 250-pound guy land on the back of my head and smash my head into the ground. And uh, when I when I came to, I looked up and my dad was on the court. And I, and I thought, what? What the heck is my dad doing out here? Then I looked into my hands and realized that uh, it was a lot of red fluid in on the floor and in my hands. I knew right away I was in a little bit of trouble there. But yeah, we uh, we we lost the game and unfortunately we we had a rough season. But I always tell everybody, and you even saw glimpses of it then. Nalen was 21 years old at the time. Uh, you knew he was something special, and I, I'm not surprised at any of the success he's had. It was a lot of fun for us. I don't know that Nalen had as much fun winning four games out of 20 his first year there, and he's a fierce competitor. You know that. So uh, a lot of good memories, but I don't know that that was ne- necessarily one of my favorite ones as while the team was finishing up the game, I was on my way to the hospital. But uh, other than that, you know, I survived, and I'm here now, so it, it all worked out in the end. Well, I'm certainly glad to hear it, and, <laughs> and, and I got a kick out of that story. I think it's, <laughs> it's- the fact that you know years down the road that you guys are both you know fixtures in the community uh, is is you know pretty remarkable. It's been a lot of fun for both of us. We went from from student and uh, coach to to friends over time, and I've really enjoyed watching him do his thing and uh, try to be very impartial here. And I usually am for the most part, but obviously he's got a special place in my heart with that team. So I always like to see them doing well. And I'm not going to lie, I was happy to see them on your ranking when you uh, when you put this out. So very nice. Well, enough about uh, Mount Lake Terrace High School from 1990. I, let's talk a little bit about the, the 4A <laughs> squads here. Uh, looking here again, we already mentioned the top five teams overall in your rankings. We're all 3A schools. Uh, 6 through 11, though, in your rankings, you or I should say 6 through 12, you have five different 4A schools up there. you got Central Valley, Mount Si, Union, Glacier Peak coming in at number 11 overall, and then Chiawana. Talk a little bit about those five teams. If we get to a state tournament – 
and what everybody around here is going to want to know, Glacier Peak, is there much discrepancy in talent between them and, say, a, a Central Valley or a Mount Si this year? What, what can we expect from the Grizzlies? No, I think it's I think it's really even. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think one through six or seven and four A uh, is a toss up. Um, I, last year, going into the year, Mount Si brought back so much talent from uh, you know a team that was in the state championship the year before, um, and they were the clear favorite going in. Uh, and this year, not so much. I, I gave the nod to Central Valley because. Uh, they bring back a, a really good big man in Gavin Gilstrap and a, a point guard in Dylan Darling, who I think is poised for a tremendous season. Uh, he just plays with a ton of energy, um, and, and they're just a well-coached group. They're disciplined. Uh, I was really impressed last year with the way that CV frustrated, uh, you know, I think, at that point, an undefeated union uh, in the state tournament, and so I think that's why, you know, making it to the state championship game, uh, although they lost the Mount Si, I, you know, start with CV and then, uh, you know, of course, go Mount Si, uh, defending state champs that bring back several starters. Uh, Jason Griffith uh, at Mount Si, the head coach there, is really excited about some of the young pieces. I think the next couple years look really, really bright uh, for uh, Mount Si, but when you have a guy like uh, Quinn Patterson, who is poised to make a big jump, he's the younger brother of uh, Mon- Montana State forward Tyler Patterson, who was a, a great 3 and D player last year for, for Mount Si. Uh, Quinn Patterson set to make a big jump. Bennett O'Connor, their uh, point guard, kind of off-ball guy, was a sophomore last year as a starter, and he'll step into a bigger role. And um, So I think, you know, starting with the two teams that uh, played in that state championship game, both of them bring back key pieces uh, from that run. And then at number nine, I I just, I have a really hard time betting against union. Although I don't know, teams are going to have to like train with one of those, those altitude masks uh, in order to keep (laughs) up with union there. They might not have a player over like six, four or six, five, um, but their guards are just going to be electric. They get a, a stud from, uh, Kingsway, a 1A All-State caliber player in Bryson Metz, and bring back a guy in Caden Horn who can shoot the lights out. And uh, Aria Briscoe is another guard who had to kind of step up last year and, and uh, play a, a kind of an outsized role when their veteran point guard Brad Lackey went down for the season. And so, uh, and, and of course, you know, under head coach Blake Conley, Union you know, plays with a ton of discipline. It's a, it's a true program. Uh, guys put in their time, and typically each year they have a couple guys that step up and fill out that, that roster that uh, you sit there and go, okay, you know, they run a program. They, these guys have been waiting in the wings. But right behind them and, and not far in, <laughs> is Glacier Peak. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, this team, uh, if there were a state championship, um, you know, or I should say a state tournament, makes another deep run. Uh, obviously, Glacier Peak ran the table in league last year and brings back uh, Tucker Molina, who really emerged last year. I was really impressed. The first time I saw them play in person uh, was, gosh, I believe it was the district title game. It was the first time I met you, Steve. I think it was Inglemore. Um, and they held them to, in the 20s. Uh, and, and that's not something that you just you see teams do a whole lot, especially in, in district title games. And so uh, apparently Tucker Molina is up somewhere around 15 pounds and it keeps growing and, um, you know, will continue to, uh, with with more experience, uh, just continue to improve. He's the type of um, athlete that you see play as a junior and you go, oh God, where, where did this guy come from? 
Uh, and he has Bobby Sievers, a lefty great shooter uh, next to him, who uh, Brian Hunter will be the first to tell you that Bobby took 39 charges last year. And uh, you have to understand the game to do that. Uh, and so that's a good core to start with. Uh, obviously, the tough part about Glacier Peak is you have a lot of great seniors on that team last year. One of them, uh, which you talked to last week, and I see Braden Quantrell did so much for them. And um, it's just getting guys to step up and fill those roles. Um, you know, but in a program like Glacier Peak that's been good for a long time, I uh, wouldn't put it past them to, uh, to fill in those roles flawlessly. No, definitely. And if, if Tucker Molina is still growing and put on 15 pounds, I think you just made quite a few people around here shudder that are going to be going up against him this year. So it should be interesting to see. And then there was one other team in Wesco 4A that also made your top 50 list, and they came in fairly high at number 29. It's the Mariner Marauders. A nice job by Tevin Dillon and the squad over there last year. And they've got a few pieces coming back and some young pieces too. Well, I just mentioned that Glacier Peak in a, in a district title game uh, – held their opponent in the 20s. Um, I'm sure you guys were at this game, but Mariner put up 87 on Glacier on that same yeah. team last year. Maybe the best uh, game we saw all year, actually. Yeah. Double overtime, I think, yeah. Uh, I'm sure. And, and, you know, Henry Avra hits a, uh, you know, a, the shot to send it there, and uh, he comes back, a good, you know, good forward who moves uh, really well. Um, you know, it's a team that has to fill in some gaps, but I don't, I don't know that Glacier Peak is going to have all that easy of a time running the table this year, especially if you have a team like Mariner um, coming back. They'll have to replace five seniors, but, um, you know, I, I remember talking to coaches last year uh, who were scouting Mariner for uh, the postseason and saying, hey, you know, these guys might not have made it, but they were every bit as talented and deserved uh, to be there in you know, regional round and, and later than, than maybe they did. No, definitely. So that's kind of the 4A and 3A. Looking over at the 1A, you've got a team at number 14 that we've gotten to know fairly well, too. As a matter of fact, had quite a few of their players here in studio after they won a state championship in March. Kings, a team that really not only won a state championship, they did it with a very youthful squad. And then they've got two guys from the class of 2022 who coach Rick Skeen already says, or, hey, these guys are Division One material, and he might even have two other guys that are pretty darn close to it, and probably has some coming up behind them as well. Talk a little bit about them and how much of a challenge it is to put a team like that and to categorize them and to find out where you want to rank them when you're looking at all classifications. Well, I think normally with a preseason favorite at 1A, um, it would be you know fairly tough if they were to only play 1A teams, but – my favorite part about Kings and, and Rick Skeen and the way that he schedules is, hey, we'll take anyone, uh, anytime, anywhere. And, and, you know, they played Glacier Peak last year. They played Mount Si. They really stacked their schedule. Uh, you know, weren't afraid to hit the road, played in a tough out-of-state tournament. Um, and, and that's kind of the philosophy over there is, you know, hey, even if we have to squeak into the state playoffs as a 14 seed, uh, those games against bigger school, bigger classification schools, um, are, are going to help us uh, when it comes to, uh, when it comes time to uh, play in those tough winter go homes in the Sun Dome, and so that honestly made uh, evaluating Kings a little bit easier, uh, just because they've shown that they want to play anyone. And honestly, if the Metro League schedule wasn't as demanding uh, and as, as exhaustive for uh, and filled up the schedule for those Metro League schools. I would you would see Kings playing Metro League teams uh, if they would play Kings. So, uh, but bringing you know 
a lot back. You, you bring your point guard back, you bring a good shooter back, and then you bring two guys uh, in. Tyler, Tyler Linhart is, I mean, if he proved it as a freshman, uh, make, making the all-tournament team at the 1A state tournament. I remember seeing him uh, with just a natural knack for scoring the basketball and then really uh, focused on transforming his body and, and making an enormous physical jump as a sophomore. And he's a, a real natural scorer. Um, you know, we, I had uh, Rick Skeen on the SB Live Washington podcast uh, this week. The episode hasn't published yet, but he, he made a comment um, just comparing Corey Kispert, now at Gonzaga, with uh, Tyler Linhart. Kispert was Skeen's first uh, Division One guy at Kings that he had coached, and, and sure enough, he has another one coming in behind him. And the difference between the two of them was, like, Tyler thinks, uh, and this is the words of Skeen, thinks he can score whenever he touches the ball, and he, and he can't. <laughs> and he's going to be a guy that no matter who you put up against him, if, if you have Paulo Benchero guarding him, he's going <laughs> he's gonna to get his. And so it, it's, it helps to start, uh, you know, with a guy who has, uh, as a junior, already played in uh, you know, two deep state tournament runs, uh, coming off of uh, you know a state tournament win in overtime, uh, bringing back all that experience uh, and, and having a, you know a bona fide star at the high school level in Linhart, uh, it makes Kings really easy for me to evaluate. And in a year where regional championships might be the name of the game, uh, if there's a season, I would love to see uh, some you know multi classification championships uh, and see Kings uh, you know go to bat in a postseason format. Uh, I, I might be speaking out of hand. I know that, you know, we're just hoping for a season at this point, but, um, you know, that's that's a possibility that's out there. I've got to be honest, I've never even thought about that. That would be that would be very intriguing, especially if you could take a Kings and a Marysville Getchell and a Glacier Peak and put them all into one tournament. I'd, I'd be down with that. Stan Wood certainly don't want to leave them out. So uh, who knows? Stay tuned for that, right? Well, absolutely, Andy. Yeah. Um, one really quick question here too, because I know we've kept John here a little bit long, but I did notice that uh, another school that's up the road here a little ways, but certainly a team that we talk about from time to time around here, Linden. You've got them ranked number thirtieth overall, uh, three spots behind North Kitsap. Those are your top two teams in two A. Uh, what can we expect from the Lions this year? I know they're going through some changes right now, and new coach as well. You know, they still reload. Um, and so you, when you bring back a guy like uh, Liam Hannenberg, who had, you know, averaged 17 and 11 last year, and, uh, you know, he was he came into the year uh, not having started previously. I think last year they brought back uh, – I, I, I think they only brought – the top player they brought back last year was uh, Hefner, who was their sixth man. And, you know, I, I remember compiling preseason rankings last year and calling around to some two-way coaches and going, okay, well, Lyndon – you know, they lose everyone, so or, or at least all their starters. So, uh, you know, may, maybe start them off, uh, you know, in the 5-10 uh, range. And, and, you know, coaches just start to laugh and go, no, 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 <laughs> not not up in Linden. At 2A, it starts with Linden, and, and it goes down. And so, uh, you know, I think that's that's kind of the philosophy here. Uh, you know, it's, it's a team that, that you can't really bet against. Oh, definitely. And we should point out one more time before we let you go uh, – Great content here again, Washington Scorebook Live. People need to check it out, especially if they want to see more of your list. Top 50 teams, we've got pictures, we've got videos. 
you name quite a few of the players. You give a little bios on each team and talk about where some of the key players are going. You guys are also doing a countdown as we speak. I think you're releasing one name a day of the top 25 boys basketball players in the state. And you mentioned also you got the Rick Skeen uh, podcast coming out soon. When is when can we expect that? Because I will definitely be tuning in to check that out. Yeah, uh, Dan Dickow and I uh, caught up with him, and we'll release that podcast uh, tomorrow. So keep your uh, stay tuned to uh, the feed SB Live Washington podcast. You can get it uh, wherever you get podcasts. And how can people follow you as well as Scorebook Live in terms of social media? Uh, SB Live uh, WA across platforms: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, that's that's your home for uh, Washington High School sports news and information and. I'm just, it's my name, Andy Bueller, and I, I appreciate you guys uh, bringing up the uh, Ferris Bueller reference at the top. I've, I've only heard that from every teacher I ever had growing up. <laughs> I, I let Tom have it because I figured, you know what, I, I, you know, in my head I'm always going Bueller, Bueller. I thought, no, we're not even going to go there with him. So. <laughs> hey, uh, Andy, thank you very much for your time. I'm, I'm hoping that we get a chance to see you during the course of the spring, and not only for the fact that you're a great guy, but also because it's just heartbreaking to not see these athletes out there doing what they do best and to uh, have a chance to compete and to see who, who, who can get how far in the playoffs and what these teams are made of. Hopefully one day that will happen and that this list isn't all for naught in that regard. But nonetheless, I'm glad that you're able to put a spotlight on these kids and to continue to showcase them. And uh, thank you very much for all you're doing for the state of Washington in high school sports and best wishes to you and happy holidays. Tom, Steve, thank you for having me on. Love the show. Uh, keep up the great work and I'll look forward to uh, seeing you guys on the sidelines sometime. You bet. There you go. That is Andy Bueller from Scorebook Live. Yeah, down on the uh, the south end of the state. There used to work for the Columbian and uh, really does a fantastic job. And I, I mean, you can hear it in terms of just the way they talk. Not only Andy, but we had Todd on last week. Dan Dickow is doing a great job. Th- this really is a website where if you're a high school sports fan, right, you need to be on there. I mean, there's the material on here, just articles, features, rankings podcasts it's got a little something for everybody so make sure you check that out but give yourself some time because you'll be there for a while i've been known to uh, to kill an hour <laughs> or or more from time to time on this site yes let's talk eagles arlington eagles basketball boys basketball coming up next right here prep sports weekly on krko at glass by lund if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years it's that supporting the local community is very important That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Class by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 law 
1-800-242-0842. For nearly 50 years, Everett Safe and Lock has serviced the security needs of Snohomish County and surrounding areas, and they are also a proud supporter of prep sports. They know that boys and girls that take part in prep sports work hard to make themselves and their teammates better athletes, and even more importantly, better citizens too. Sports, they help build character and help them to be properly prepared for a brighter future. Everett Safe and Lock wishes all the athletes the best this season, and for all of your commercial, industrial, financial, and residential needs, see them, the trusted pros since 1971, on Evergreen Way and online at EverettSafeandLock.com. The Buzz-In's always been there for you with a great deal on a great meal. And during these most recent restrictions, the Buzz-In wants you to know that they're still there for you with to-go meals seven days a week from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. You can still get hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast for pickup. So put down those pots and pans and pick up the phone and call ahead for pickup at the Buzz-In. The menu is online at buzzinsteakhouse.com. The Buzz Inn, always a great deal on a great meal. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425 337 460 Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Thursday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Boy, we've cobbled together a whole bunch of people on this segment, haven't we? <laughs> we knew we wanted to talk Arlington basketball. We knew we wanted to reach out to our pal Nick Brown and see how things were going. And lo and behold, we were able to put together a whole segment of, let's see, we got the head coach, we got an assistant coach, we have a legendary ball player from back in the day at Arlington who happens to be related to the assistant coach, and then we have the current star player of the team, or one of them, a Second team so they all just West kept Coast jumping player. on the bandwagon, we, huh? we just Yeah, we, we kept rolling and rolling and rolling <laughs> along, and they, if we would have gone any longer, we probably could have got 8, 10, 12 people on here. But uh, you know, back in the day, we used to get all these guys in studio with us, unfortunately. Remember those days? I do remember those days. So a little bit more challenging here. we got a lot of things going on on the phone right now, and let's get right to it. I guess we should start off with uh, the head coach himself. Nick Brown, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for inviting us in. We were pretty, we much, very much appreciate it. No, absolutely. And Nick, we got a little bit of every everybody here. We should talk to your assistant coach here for a moment because I've I've seen him in the gym time and time again, and of course I've had a couple of cousins play in your program, so I've known about this guy and certainly um, some of his accomplishments over the years. The the head JV coach, your your main assistant on the bench there, Jeff Bryson. Jeff, how are you doing this evening? Oh, doing great. Thank you for having us on. And, Jeff, I'd be remiss if I don't say this right away because a little birdie told me that you, you may or may not have had a birthday yesterday. Yeah, I did. Could, I, yeah, another year. 39, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Plus a few. So, Jeff, uh, the assistant coach, they're also joined by Jeff's son, Drew, all-league player, all-area player, just, what, three years ago at Arlington, had an right. outstanding career. All-state. All 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 oh, he threw in the all-state. I like that. Drew, you did that yourself, too, didn't you? Nicely done. All state now plays basketball up at Simon Fraser. Drew, you home for the holidays or what's going on with you these days? Yeah, so normally I wouldn't be home quite this early, but uh, 
given that the border is still closed and I'm, I'm four teams are playing in the GNAC this year, so we got uh, about a month off instead of our usual week. But yeah, it's just been a chaotic year. Are you uh, one of the four teams? No, um, I think it's uh, SPU, Northwest Nazarene, St. Martins, and Alaska Fairbanks are the only teams playing this year. So, so you haven't been up in up to Simon Fraser this fall yet? No, I have. I just I actually got back on Saturday. We were able to practice, and we were trying to get a few scrimmages in before break, but due to now breaking cases, we got sent home a little early. And then, uh, but I mean, it was nice to at least be able to practice. And what, did you get smuggled across the border in the trunk or something? How did? <laughs> um, I That's a good question. <laughs> not, not to, I'm not the smuggle basketball, the... and we had practices. I was able to get like a letter from oh. our from my school, like the athletic director, saying that I needed to be up there for practice. So I, I was able. I was deemed like essential travel. So oh, not, we not call that special dispensation from the Pope is what we there call you go. it. So not as yeah. though you could have like thrown like a Canadian friend in the car with you and come over to Arlington. He, they would have had to stay there. <laughs> you have to get married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> well, and hey, Simon Fraser. By the way, I got to just throw this out there. One of my all-time heroes played basketball at Simon Fraser back in the day. You know who that is, Drew? Um, the great Terry Fox. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. People no, might need to. He's uh played basketball played basketball for Simon Fraser. For did he those, really? I did not know that. He did. Yeah, he, he played on- uh, football and basketball. We actually have his number four jersey retired. He's the only jersey that we have retired up in the Raptors. We have a spot for him in our locker room. So he's actually my coach went to Terry Fox High School. So he he knows Terry Fox's family pretty well. So we have like a close. We do the Terry Fox run every year. It's- yeah, for those who don't know, Terry Fox uh, lost a leg to cancer when he was in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up. Uh, trying to uh, started to do a, a marathon across the country of Canada, one marathon each day in a, in the back of a van with him and his brother and another friend, and ultimately about halfway through the trip ended up uh, the cancer came back and he ultimately passed away. And just a legend up in Canada. Right. There's yep. Terry Fox statues and schools and everything all over the place, but it all started for him at Simon Fraser and he went to the school back in the day. So I always think that's kind of fun just to mention that. So we've got Drew on the phone with us, and then also I guess we need to to bring on the fourth guest here. He, he was only just second team all Wesco as a sophomore last year on the basketball team. Ethan Martin. Ethan, how are you doing? Good. How about you? Doing good. And we should point out here, this is kind of fun because we got the Brysons, big basketball family there. We know we had, you know, Jeff and the boys. We've got the Brown family with Peyton and Ryan have already played through the Arlington program. Nick's been coaching there a long time. It, it feels like we've got the Snohomish County basketball royalty on the phone with us because you're kind of almost the first family of basketball, aren't you? you got a, a few folks who have played and coached in this area. Matter of fact, I think you, you trump everybody. Your, your grandpa, Larry Walker, got a, he's got a court named after him at Everett Community yeah, he College. Did. He coached at Everett Community College for 41 years, I think. So, so like that. Nick doesn't have a court named after him yet. Jeff, we should point out, won a state championship at Darrington. They'll, they'll put a statue up there one of these days, but he doesn't even have that yet. So you, you kind of hold the, uh, the cards on that one, don't you? That's, pre- that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I'm really lucky to have them as my family. <laughs> no, absolutely. Nick, this is quite the crew we've assembled tonight. Well, it is, and I didn't really realize the uh, family connection until just kind of you mentioned right there, but Ethan's mom is also, uh, you know, she was a, a great player at Marysville, and she played at Western, and then she ended up um, coaching for Marysville for quite a few years. And so I'm pretty lucky to have all these connections. I don't really do a whole lot. I just, just kind of <laughs> let them do the work. And when we win, I take all the credit. When we lose, I just blame it on them. So, No, definitely. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that's Julie Walker, who's Ethan's mom, who has been around here for quite some time too. And, and Nick, the reason I wanted to reach out to you guys in December uh, – 
you know, as opposed to later on in the year. I th- you guys have really caught my eye lately in terms of what your basketball team is doing community-wide in terms of the involvement with – I know you guys have done some work for the food banks, uh, textile bank. Uh, every time I turn around, I see something on social media showing that you've got your players and coaches and other members uh, working hard in the community. Talk about that a little bit, especially – during a pandemic right now where you can't be out doing the thing you really love most, which is playing basketball, what has it been like having these guys get involved with their community and, and giving back? Well, the, first of all, we this is not a, you know, I don't know if you remember the name Dan Roush, but Dan Roush used to coach at Arlington before I was there, and I talked to him quite a bit, mostly about just teaching, and I'm a pretty serious teacher. I, I take it very seriously, and, you know, we, we're obviously very frustrated with the situation of being able to not be able to have the kids in class, and and teaching through Zoom, but both of us agree there's we don't have any better solutions, you know, until we can go back and we want to go back, but it's not possible right now, obviously, for whatever the reasons are, but it's kind of, we're hearing a lot of negative about this, that, and the other, and I just want the kids to be involved. I want to get a positive word out there. These kids are trying. We want it with these, we have great kids, and this is a way to give back to this community and uh, try and do something positive, and these kids are dying and starving for, you know, just some contact and and my wife is really, to be honest, my wife is the, the brainstorm, the brainchild between all this. And, and we were given a challenge at the school to raise money for the food bank. And I said, we got this. And uh, I said, Carmen, we, we need to get this done. And, of course, she took it, on, took it on and very selfishly or selflessly just said, all right, we'll do it. And we did a great job. I mean, these kids just came together. And she just, you know, we trying to offer the opportunity for the kids to get, get into it. And they did it. And. We have great young men, and they're just and, and managers. And my staff is phenomenal. You know, working with Jeff and, and Nathan Davis and Ronnie Pride last year, and Keith Brown and Iverson. They're just great guys, and they're give to the community too. So it's been pretty fun. Well, now Jeff, you you teach at the school. Your wife is also an educator. Obviously, you live in the community. You get to see it firsthand, also in terms of the importance of things like this. I've got to think for you as as a staff member, not only as a member of the school staff, but also as part of this basketball team, this, this is something meaningful at this time of year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's filled the void. Um, I'll just never forget the feeling of going to that food drive. And I'm at home teaching Zoom and, and no basketball and no contact with kids, really. And uh, showing up that day, rainy day, just a nasty day, and, and we had the clothing drive, the food drive, the food bank drop-off, uh, the whole bit. And... And seeing the kids out there was just awesome, um, and, and we really miss it. And so it, it filled the void a little bit. Well, and Ethan, for you and your your teammates, I mean, obviously a nice way to give back to the community, but it also gets you, you all involved with each other a little bit more than maybe you would otherwise, right? Yeah, well, without having school, we haven't got to see each other at all. So it was really nice getting together as a program, being able to see each other. And kind of nice to – you guys have this platform too, obviously, because you're you're not just – Hey, when you're in, in the at school, you're walking through the halls. You're Ethan Martin, the student, but a lot of people in the community know you as Ethan Martin, the basketball player. So I, I've got to think it's kind of nice for you guys when you're around younger kids and people who know who you and your teammates are for for you to be out in front of them and maybe in essence serving as a role model in some ways too, right? Yeah, it's awesome. All the people that came through were really grateful, and we were really grateful for them doing that. I really enjoyed just seeing all the faces and kids that just look up to us. Nick, this is a pretty special player you got here. Yeah, you know, obviously the the bloodlines run deep with this young man, and uh, he's I've had him in camp since he was probably old enough to basically walk, and uh, he's been a phenomenal competitor ever since. And 
coaching him is just a pure joy. And he, like you said, you know, he comes to our house as you know, as a family. We're, we're, we we live right by his, his grandfather, and I see his kids, or I'm sorry, his brothers and, and his mom and dad all the time. And his little brother and my son are always playing Fortnite together. Both little brothers are, and so <laughs> we have a pretty close connection with the family, and they're a good, just a good family. And Ethan's just a joy to have around. Well, and what were the expectations going into the year? Because, e- Ethan, you correct me if I'm wrong here, and, and perhaps you've grown since we last saw you, but you were listed as five foot nine last year. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit taller, probably another inch. Hey, Maybe. Five, <laughs> nine and a half. Hey, as somebody that's five nine myself, take every inch you can get, right? Well, well Ethan, what were your expectations for yourself last year? Obviously, you, you know you can ball a little bit, but you're, you're coming in as a sophomore. Uh, looking to to get some playing time right away, and like I said, not only did you did you play, you ended up being second team all league. What were what were your thoughts going into into the year, and when did you kind of know that hey, I I can play on this level? Um, well, I always know, I always rise to those occasions, and I know that I want to be the best on the court, even if I'm not. But I don't know. I just knew that even though I was a younger classman, I had to be a leader on the team because all those kids were new on varsity, and it wasn't just me. So as a as a junior going into this year, do you, I mean, and I'm looking at your roster here a few minutes ago. Uh, quite a few seniors on that team last year too. Are nine. are you already? Yeah, no, what was it? Nine. It's nine or seven, maybe a seven. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of number twelves in that column. That's for sure. So, <laughs> e- Ethan, what are your expectations coming into this season? I'm obviously not only as a player, but as maybe taking on more of a leadership role in that regard. Yeah, well, this year I'm hoping to be a captain. So. I'm enjoying like being able to go out in the community and do those kind of things and be recognized as that, trying to be more of a leader, which with the food drive, that's a way to start. And we helped somebody move the other day, and that was just amazing for us. And Karin just setting those up is just awesome. Yeah, certainly it's been a big deal. Do we know, Nick, any numbers as far as the amount of food that was gathered? Or, or um, I know there was a, a check that was also presented too, right? Ethan, real quick, tell Karin to, to – Come out here and tell me, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, we raised thirty six hundred dollars, I think, almost four thousand. I want to say we had two thousand pounds of food. It might have been three thousand, like, or of textiles. Sorry, textiles. We, we just had, got. We had eighteen hundred pounds of food. Eighteen hundred wow. pounds of food, and then we just we just donated the other day with the help of a donor who does not want to be named, but he uh, he's a big supporter of our program, and in our name, we gave. Uh, I think we gave about twelve to. 15 turkeys to the food bank for the Christmas holiday season. Just did, just did that to the day. So that was really nice to, for him to give us that and to notate it in our name. We appreciated that, and he's a big supporter. So it's been nice to have that, and the textile drive was huge. We just took a whole U-Haul truck full of textiles. I think I want to say it was 2,000 pounds. It might have been 3,000. I can't remember what's the difference. It really it was you know, a lot of – it was just <laughs> a whole truck full of, of textiles, and we took it down to Goodwill to – or Value Village, I think it was, and they, they give us cash on the pound. And so we were able to take that and turn right around and give that to the food bank. So that was a really big deal for us. And it was just the thing about being a captain in our program is it's probably the worst or the best year to be a captain because Ethan is our captain. He says he hoped to be. We have Gavin Hawthorne and Ethan and Lucas Brown, and I chose them. And I it's it's a lot of work. They have to go out and serve the community, and they have to be the face of the program. And it's not. A, it's there's not a, the the Friday night where they get to go out the front, you know, the, the center circle right now, and hopefully we get to do that. But a lot of it's been the sweat and the grind these guys have had to do, and I'm proud of them for that. And I chose them because I knew they could handle it. So, assistant coach Jeff Bryson also joining us on the phone here. Jeff, you you also are the JV coach. 
did you get was Ethan your player as a freshman? It would have been nice to have him on the JV team as a sophomore. Can you imagine those numbers? Well, I, I actually had the privilege of coaching Ethan for about a week as a freshman, <laughs> and, and you know, Coach Brown, who you know, he just has a habit of stealing my best players. <laughs> um, after about a week, he, you know, we needed we needed somebody Ethan's freshman year. We just needed an, another player off the bench, and and be honest with you. Nick was the only. I think Nick and Ethan and Ethan's parents were probably the only ones that thought Ethan was ready, and uh, he got thrown into the fire as a freshman and and gave us some great moments. And uh, and of course, we knew going into last year that you know that Ethan was an all league type player. He just kind of one of those kids that just gets it done on the court. He's so savvy. My you know my kids play against him at open gym sometimes, and they just talk about how he's just a tough guard. Hard to guard. Well, and, and we were joking about you having him on your JV team. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the the interview here, I actually have a well, I've had a couple of cousins go through the program. One of which played JV for you a couple of years ago. So I was following you guys. Uh, occasionally, I would try to get out to the gym, but if not, I was certainly following the scores. And you, you've had some pretty dominant JV programs over the last few years. I don't know if you uh, w- what the records have been, but I know I think one or two years recently you were undefeated. Um, so you've done an outstanding job with that. But I, I want to take you back a little bit here, too, because we, we kind of briefly mentioned it for just a quick moment a little while ago. But you were a longtime head coach at your, your alma mater, which was Darrington. You, you won a state title up there as the head coach, what was it, 2003? Yes. And I know that I was looking at some of your stats recently. I think you made it to like eight or nine state tournaments in like a 12-year period. And then you decided to go to Arlington where you, you were already kind of, I guess you can kind of fill in the blanks, but – kids were already getting ready to go to school there. You were already living in the community to relinquish a head coaching job at your alma mater to become a junior varsity coach. That's, that's a a move that a lot of people wouldn't be able to make. And I think that, you know, the egos get in the way and and things along those lines, you seem to have adapted beautifully And the, the whole Brown Bryson connection over the, the last decade plus has really been outstanding. Talk a little bit about that in terms of the transition from the, from Darrington to Arlington and just how that's worked out for you. Yeah, that was that was one of the toughest decisions of my life to uh, leave Darrington. I grew up there, and actually, uh, you know, the, the journey to Arlington started. So my first teaching job was at Lakewood, and then after one year, Tim Cousins retired, and and they came, they asked me to go up there and, and apply, and you know, I thought no way, I wasn't ready, and then. My wheels started spinning, so I so I applied and got that job and taught in Darrington and coached, you know, head basketball coach for 17 years. My wife Tracy taught in Marysville, so she's in Marysville. I'm in Darrington. So where are we going to live? Arlington. <laughs> and so, you know, and then my oldest son Marcus, he was class of 2012. You know, he played basketball. Um, we we're a basketball family, and uh, you know, we talked. Martins, the Brysons, I mean, those are two big basketball families in the community. And um, and so one day, a big yellow school bus came up in front of our house and picked my son up to go to kindergarten, and it said Arlington on the side of the bus. And, you know, the, my kids were Arlington Eagles. And I'll, I'll never forget about sixth grade, the first time. My kids grew up wearing Darrington Logger gear. And I'll never forget the first birthday party where he got, they got an Arlington Eagles sweatshirt, like fifth, sixth grade, somewhere in there. And um, it was just one of those things that I knew my kids were Arlington Eagles, and I always supported that. 
And, you know, I always had that dream that they'd play for me, but, I, you know, the writing was on the wall that they were pretty entrenched in Arlington, and, and they were blessed with uh, great teammates and great families. We had, you know, we had the Wizards with Wayne McPherson growing up, and we've had great times um, playing basketball, all sports. And, uh, and my middle son, Caleb, he had a great group that, you know, of course, got fifth in state when they were in high school and made it to regionals. And I think they lost eight games in their two years of varsity as juniors and seniors. Um, so anyway, uh, when Marcus was going into high school, I just, I just felt like it was time to move on. And, you know, I, I just didn't want to miss out on their high school basketball experience. And I, I looked at the schedule and I was like, I'll see. I'll be able to watch two games if I'm the head coach at Darrington, and so I made the move. And I, I'll never forget the day I, I told my team that I was going to leave Darrington, and they were the first ones to find out. And then I left that meeting and bawled my eyes out all the way to Oso, and then just never looked back. And, and I mean, my memories of Darrington are great, and great people. I got great. You know, it was fun. My birthday yesterday. I got so many comments from former players and students and stuff it was pretty cool but uh coming to arlington what a great move you know yeah it's 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 hard not to be the head coach sometimes but i've had great kids to work with and 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 nick runs such a great program i mean Karin runs such a great program (laughs) (laughs) um and and so it's just it was just a easy transition and i learned a lot i've learned a lot from nick and and other coaches like Nathan Davis and Joe Marsh, our head coach, who we coached with, and so it's it's just been an awesome opportunity. And and yeah, we've had some great kids in JV, and and, and I hopefully prepare them for for Coach Brown and Coach Davis. Drew, what what uh, what, what kind of coach is Dad? Give us a, a scattering report. Um, well, when I when I played for him for that one year, when I was a freshman, um, he was uh, he didn't like to call a lot of plays for me. It was but um, I, I really enjoyed my year with my dad. I, I, I was with him for like half the year, and then I got moved up to practicing with the varsity. But um, he's a lot of fun. He knows when to take it seriously, and uh, he just he preaches defense. And, Nick, for you, I mean, having a coach with that kind of experience, those don't always fall into your lap. And for the two of you to have been together for so long now, <laughs> along with some of the other coaches, I've got to think it makes your job a little easier too. Yeah, it was – I mean, I'll be the first to admit it was. I was nervous about having him at first because I didn't know him, and he was a legend. And we weren't as very, you know, when I first took over, we were struggling a little bit, and I didn't have the confidence that I, I don't know, that I guess I do now in the, the older age that I don't care as much as about what other people think. <laughs> but Bryson was a guy who came in with the state. You know, he had his, his resume spoke for itself, and there was grumblings about him, you know, being the head guy and why isn't it him? And I, you know, but I just said, you know what, I'm gonna reach out to him and he was nothing like I thought he was he's as competitive as you're ever going to see as a coach um but he just he loves basketball I don't think I've ever met a person who loves basketball as much as him and that's saying a lot I've known a lot of people but he just lives and breathes it and everything he never gets enough of it and I his son Drew is a close second um and I think Ethan's up there too and Ethan's little brother Layton but Jeff Bryson leads it he just Everything about basketball, he loves it. The camp, he can't get enough. And once I got to know him, he just does this teddy bear. You know, he's just, he just is a great guy. He's so caring. He's so genuine. Whenever we need any help with 
helping a family move. Like like Ethan said, they're not family called us up, needed some help. So we got together, and of course, let's get Jeff truck. And he's the first one there. He's the last one to leave. And I mean, I can't say enough about Jeff. The one thing that Drew alluded to was we're very, very leery of, you know, my son played for me last year. Um, he didn't play for me his sophomore year or his freshman year, sorry. And uh, I never wanted the appearance of trying to give favoritism to our children and to our kids. And Drew was playing and just going off. And, uh, of course, it's game point, and Jeff called to play for someone else who was a sophomore or a junior. And there's Drew as a freshman who'd already hit a few shots. And I went, I think it might have been at the end of the half, but I went at halftime or something like that, and I just – I said, I don't care if he's your son or not. Give him the ball. <laughs> and I think it's kind of this relief to Jeff because Jeff is such a good guy and doesn't want to have that appearance of favoritism, and neither do I. None of us do. And uh, we want to make sure that kids earn what they get. But when you have a kid like Drew, you know, it was pretty easy. And I just I just said, I'm taking him right now. And, and, you know, Jeff probably would have said, you know what, he's not sure he's ready for varsity. And when I see a kid and I know they're ready, I get him. And my gut on that has always been pretty good. That's what it is with Ethan. And people – you know, they criticized my decision, and then you know, I just said, "Don't worry about it. Just the proof will be in the pudding." And sure enough, those kids always come through. They always do. And sure enough, Drew and Ethan both did. They <laughs> wildly. And Jeff, one of the great things we got to do, I got to take Steve up to a game in Darrington last year. He had never been in the absolute shrine of the Darrington Gym. That's what a great place. Oh, incredible! Built by the community. Yep. Um, all the loggers got together. My dad was a logger. He helped he helped build that. So it's a very special place. Yeah, and I know Coach Ross doing a nice job up there. Did did he play for you? I know he's also an alum, right? No, Cam graduated a couple years before I took over. Um, Cam was actually my assistant coach my last two years. Oh, okay. Um, the 07 and 018, yeah. Well, you guys know the, you know the, the game, the five degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever? Yeah. Six degrees, yeah. Well, it's like about two degrees of the Bryson. You know, okay, so <laughs> in Darrington, well, that, that's Darrington in general, right? Yeah, it's not people are going to know him. They've played for him. They've coached against him or they've coached with him. I mean, he's just legend up there for sure. His name came up when we were in the gym that night. I remember Coach Ross talking about him a little bit. So, definitely. Well, let's talk to the other Bryson here for a second. I want to make sure we give him his due. Drew, we, we kind of mentioned already that you're up at Simon Fraser. Uh, junior year, correct? Yeah, so I redshirted my first year, and then the last two years so I've what, been uh, playing. What's it like going to school in, up in Canada, and what uh, what led to you going to Simon Fraser? Well, um, first, going to Canada was a was a great decision. I, I love it up there. It's not, I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but it's about a two-hour drive from Arlington. and then So I get that feeling of being in like another country, but playing in the NCAA, but also being close enough if, I want to go come home for a weekend or, or whatnot. So it's a, it's a great atmosphere up there. I like the school. Um, so it's been cool. But coming out of high school, I, was, I felt like I was under-recruited. And then I, I had a few schools. I was kind of deciding if I wanted to go to, like, Everett or Edmonds for a year and then try to go. Because I, I kind of had my eyes on, like, Central, SPU, and Western. But I just didn't have – the interest and then SFU my assistant coach my first year had a connection with my dad and Brown his name was Sean Shook coached at Ferndale for a bit but um there's a we, separation another degree right yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh so he uh, got me up there on a visit and then I, I played pretty well in an open gym and um they gave me an offer and I was considering some other places some NAI schools 
but uh, overall, I'm I'm really happy I made that decision. It's been a it's been a blast, and then uh, I'm hoping the next two years are gonna be full of some good memories and some good basketball. Yeah, and if I read everything everything correctly too, I know I was looking at some of the records for Simon Fraser. Did I see this last or not last year, but the year before? Was that the first time in the program's history they'd ever had a winning record? We yeah. So since we joined the NCAA, okay, uh, they were a long time NAIA school. Um, and then once Western and Central and all those schools went to Division Two in the GNAC, uh, SFU was banned from the NCAA, and then they finally got their waiver to join the GNAC in 2010, and then they had a pretty tough time transitioning. And then, so when I committed to the program, I think they were four and twenty something. So I was I was pretty nervous, but I I enjoyed talking to the players, and I I thought on my visit I, I liked the culture, didn't feel like a losing culture. So in, in my mind, I took a took a little bit of a gamble, but um, it paid off because my redshirt year we were okay, and then my freshman year we ended up I think we finished 16 and 13, and we ended up making the playoffs, which was which was awesome, and it was it was it was good getting those getting that experience as a young player, and then hopefully these next two years once we get back to playing and get some normalcy, uh, we'll keep making some playoff pushes. And it's always kind of fun, too. Whenever we do these interviews, I like to go down, and especially with the college students, look on their rosters, look at who some of the players are they're playing with and coaches. I noticed one of your assistant coaches is Mike Hayward, who I grew up yeah. a big, big University of Washington Husky fan around here. And when I was in high school back in the late 80s, early 90s, he was a pretty big deal on campus there. He was a power forward, if I remember correctly. So Yeah, he was uh, the Pac-10 freshman of the year. I'm, I'm not sure what year, but – and then he, he played overseas. So he's got a great – Great basketball mind. He's helped helped a lot with just he, he came in last year because we we I've actually had three different assistant coaches. So that was kind of tough adjusting, but um, he's came in and we we haven't skipped a beat. But yeah, and then uh, we had a I played with Jordan Muir Kyung. He he played at Shorewood a few years before I graduated, and then played at Bellevue, and then we got a few years. But um. Yeah, it's uh, that's the thing about going up there is we have a roster full of guys from all over the world. Um, we get a lot of international players. We had a kid from Zimbabwe. Uh, there's some Australians before I before I got there that would hang around, and then obviously the Canada U.S. mixture on the team is is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely a good mix of uh, folks there. I'm going to ask Ethan a question here in a minute, but I figure we'll start with you. Favorite Arlington Eagles moment for you on the basketball court? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say probably my freshman year, even though I I didn't have a ton of ton of time on varsity or anything, but just just playing with my brother. Um, when he was a senior on that team, we were, I think we finished twenty and three, just like kind of kind of learning a lot, and then getting to play for my dad in the same year. It was just a big year for me as far as my development, getting to practice against those older guys all year long. I think it set me up to have success my next three years playing for Coach Brown. And Jeff, not very often a dad can get to coach two of his sons at one time, too. That must have been pretty neat for you. Oh, that was just, it was just incredible. And, uh, and, and all, all the boys on those teams, you know, the kids spent the night at my house every weekend. And so all, all the kids on that team were, were like my sons. So it was just more than just Drew and Caleb. You know, if I can jump on that, that's uh, having Jeff be there, that was a big deal for me because I've always put a pretty big wall around myself in the community. 
far as, you know, just parents, and I just didn't know who I could trust and who I couldn't as far as, you know, what they would complain about or whatever. And Jeff just didn't let that happen. You know, he knew all those parents so well because he was friends with all the parents, all the players, and he would invite me over to parties and, you know, when I, like 4th of July. So I'm not going over there, Jeff. No, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, he's crazy, but it ended up being a really cool thing. It kind of started our real belief in family basketball. And having his three boys, you know, Caleb, Marcus, and Drew, is just a dream. That's another pretty good bonus I got by getting Jeff, by yeah. the way, getting Caleb and Marcus and Drew. They did okay. Yeah, they were just <laughs> fine. And, uh, you know, Caleb was the point guard of that team that was fifth in state. And, yeah, so just having Jeff do that was a really big deal. And, and the family, was just the family feel with the Brummels and the, the Lewises and the Joneses and the Adams and the Smokes and the, you know, they just goes on and on. Great in Terry Don, of course, and AJ Passalock. Where those guys are just all super people. No, definitely. And Ethan, it's a no-brainer for you, right? I mean, best moments in your sophomore year. How often do you get to beat Stanwood on a last-second three, right? And that was for sure probably one of my favorite moments. <laughs> one of, or by far the number oh, one. Oh, it's, it's probably one of my favorite moments ever in my one of my favorite <laughs> moments ever in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty good squad they got over there. Anytime you uh, you play at Arlington and you beat Stanwood, it's a big deal in itself. And for yeah. you to get the uh, the game winner like that, especially with the packed house, it was just amazing. Yep. Remind me, was that at home or was that at Stanwood? That was at Stanwood. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're right on top of you there too, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. It was it was awesome. Best feeling. So, so give us some names, Ethan. Who who can we watch this year if we can ever get back out on the basketball court? Who are you going to be playing with? Um, well, we just lost our big guy. He just tore his ACL playing football. He was going to be a good one to watch come play. But Is that Q? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. But um, other than that, we have Luke Brown. Luke Brown is a lockup defender. He will go and match up with any guy on the court. Um, Trent Novak. Trent Novak shoots from anywhere on the court. Just so fun to watch him shoot the ball, and like he spreads the court out so well. Um, Gavin Hawthorne, the way he just controls the court and gets everyone the ball. He's definitely a huge person for me, so I can go play the wing, and he just gets everything going for us. Well, very good. Well, hopefully you guys get a chance to get out there. One game away last year from making it through districts. And before we let you go, let's get one quick update. Maybe we'll let the dads do this. Um, Nick, give us an update on your family. I know, obviously, we, we've got to watch Peyton for four four years at Arlington. Then your son Ryan was playing last year. Uh, both together at school nowadays, right? Yeah, my, my both my children are uh, they're not children anymore. My son Ryan is a six foot three, six foot two man, and he's uh, just turned into a really fine young man and just a great person and He's going to Central, and my daughter Peyton's now 22, I think. She's going to be 22, sorry. And uh, next October, she's just turned 21, and so she's uh, over at Central. And my son wants to be a pilot. Ryan wants to be a pilot, and Peyton wants to be a uh, teacher. Oh, nice. And so, both of them. Yeah, they're both at Central. They're both going on school online, but they're over there, and it's nice for them to be over there together. And, you know, out of the house, it's nice for them to get away, and they're close enough, like Drew said, two hours away, so they're close enough to home, but also far enough away. And um, my little guy, Drew. Um, Drew, we're, we're excited for Drew because he's going to get some. We, we're going to get him an agent and some special training to go Fortnite Division One. Um, <laughs> we'll get him a full ride. Hey, you joke, but that might become a thing one of these days with <laughs> the way they're going. Well, he puts in the time, I'll tell you that. But uh, and I, I want to just really quick. I just want to say one thing. Uh, there's a, been a thing that's come to our come to my attention. I'm just plug. There's a big voting thing for Arlington Fire Department. We're trying to support them because they're a community, and it's the annexation for the fire department and just. We'll have information on that, but that's something that uh, the 
the chief has talked about, and they want some support just to kind of keep our community together in the fire department. So I know that's a little bit of a cheap plug for it, but I really want to do that and help them out. You know, if you're if you're on here selling shoes or hamburgers, we'll call that a cheap plug. When you're when you're out there promoting the fire department, we're, we're, we're that's that's a good one there. So we'll. Well, they they've just done so much for us. Whenever we need anything, sure. you know, whether it's driving around for our camp, giving kids rides, and stuff like that to make them feel special on their birthday, they've they've always done stuff so far. So I said I'd help them out for sure. Well, hey, in the year 2020, we'll always give a shout out to the first responders. So thank you for, for sure. that. And then Jeff, what about you? We we obviously we've, we've got Drew on the phone. We know what he's up to. What are the rest of the uh, members of the Bryson family doing these days? Well, I'll start with my wife, Tracy. She's a first-grade teacher at Kent Prairie, and, and uh, they're doing the hybrid so that she's got kids four days a week, um, two different groups. So she's basically full-time in class, but then, you know, each kid spends th- three-fifths of their education is online. So you do that math. She's in school four days and three-fifths online for each kid. Uh, that That's that's a tough job. She's she's really working hard. The hours that, that those teachers are putting in is just incredible. Um, and no complaint, just does her job. And she's loving being a grandma. Um, Marcus, is he's, he's, he's kind of making a career change. He's looking at getting his, uh, his, his, his personal training certification. He's working towards that, trying to, trying to find his way. Um, Caleb is is actually does have his personal training cert- certification, which was a big deal. So he wants to be a trainer, and he's excited about working with athletes. And um, he got shut down, you know, with the shutdown. He's he's he was working at uh, Fitness Evolution, so they're down for a while with the COVID thing. But uh, he's got a two-year-old son, Trey. So we've got another got another Bryson, hopefully. We got it. We got. I get a ball in his hands every chance I get. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, his mom, Carly, she was a soccer player, so that makes me a little nervous. But <laughs> well, she, she played for MP. Um, and then, of course, Drew. He's doing all right. Well, with a name like Trey, you maybe an outside shooter too, right? Yeah. Fire those yeah. threes on up. Definitely. And Drew, I guess we'll give you the last question of the night. What's What's next for you? You're a junior, but what's What does the future hold for you? What would you like to be doing in three or five years? Um, well, that's a good question. I uh, I actually just kind of had a little career change. I was career change. You're in college. <laughs> I'm majoring in communications, so I uh, kind of want to do something within sports media. That's always been kind of a goal of mine. Kind of similar to what you guys are doing. I, I haven't decided if I want to get into journalism or more of like the analytics side of that. So with this extra sixth year, because now I'm going to get in. Not only am I going to get five years, I'm going to get a sixth year to play because I'll get my year of eligibility back for this year. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have a lot of options with what I want to do with school. But I, 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 whatever I do, I'm going to stay involved in sports. Well, good for you. And we can, we can certainly give you some advice if it comes down to whether or not you want to get paid or not in the future. So just <laughs> let us know. We'll, yeah. we'll steer yeah. you in the right or wrong direction depending on what you're looking for. Well, hey, gentlemen, thank you all tonight for coming on with us again. Arlington Boys Basketball being represented tonight by head coach Nick Brown, assistant coach Jeff Bryson, his son Drew Bryson, who was an all-state player back in the day, now at but Simon Fraser, and Ethan Martin, the, uh, the, the next wave of the future, if you will, already here. Had an outstanding year as a sophomore last year. Looking forward to hopefully a junior year. Gentlemen, thank you all very much, and happy holidays to each and every one of you and your families. I want to thank say, you. I yeah. want to say thanks to you guys for always. I think high school sports is kind of being a little bit over represented. I think nationwide, everyone knows everything about every player and every team, and I think it, 
the way you guys do it is right. You keep it local, you keep it simple, and you keep it genuine and honest. And I appreciate you guys doing that and keeping it real. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we appreciate you. So the feeling is mutual. Thank you guys very much. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And we will come back and talk with Kings senior Jack McAllister as we continue Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as house keys, lawn and garden, plumbing, electrical, hardware, grills, outdoor living supplies, and even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Hi, this is Josh, and I'm a delivery driver with Harbor Wholesale with a CDLA. How would you like to work four tens and be home for dinner every night? Harbor Wholesale is hiring delivery drivers based in the Everett area. Your CDLA and solid customer service experience will get you noticed. Harbor has great benefits. How about a $5,000 signing and retention bonus with a full benefit package, including a 401k with company match? I'm home for dinner, and I'm home for the Hawks. I love working for Harbor Wholesale, and you will too. Apply today at harborwholesale.com. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? Being a member of the Air Force Reserve. It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. To find out about local job opportunities with the Air Force Reserve at Joint Base Lewis-McCord, call 800-257-1212 or go to afreserve.com. Sponsored by the Air Force Reserve and aired in cooperation with the Washington State Association of Broadcasters and this station. And Prep Sports Week continues here on this Thursday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. We've had a jam-packed show. <laughs> we did. We, a lot of content and a lot of great conversation tonight. We've we've gone into overtime, so to speak. Yes, we are in overtime. Unlike the the Sounders in Minnesota the other day, we're, we're playing a little extra tonight. So, uh, And joining us right now, a young man who really caught my eye on social media. I've been following him on Twitter, and every time I look on there, he's off to – Las Vegas or Dallas or Colorado, Southern California. He's been all over the place honing his craft, if you will, which is that of a high school, currently high school and soon to be college, kicker slash punter. It's Jack McAllister from Kings High School. Jack, thanks for joining us tonight. And I do I do want to ask you here because I, I think back to my own high school days. I know that usually the first week of practice, coach would get us down to the field, kind of line everybody up and say, okay, let's see who can kick the ball the furthest. And whoever won the simple little contest there would, would go on to be the kickoff specialist. And then we'd have, you know, tryouts for, for kicker, which lasted all of five minutes. We'd pick a kicker and that person would get to work on kicking for five minutes at the beginning of every practice. And that was it. And nowadays 
it's become such a specialized thing. I mean, you've really are, are somebody who takes this seriously. Uh, is has kicking something you've been interested in all along? And uh, when did you start really focusing on the world of kicking and punting? Um, so I kind of began my kicking journey uh, during my sophomore year of high school. I was a soccer player up up until then, and my uh, it was funny. My high school football coach was actually at one of my soccer games my freshman year. And he noticed me out on the field, and he struck, struck up a conversation with my dad, and he's interested in me to come out for football, and I did. I was a bit skeptical the next year, but I went out and started playing football, and then I just immediately um, fell in love with it, and I started going to camps and honing my craft, and yeah. Well, talk a little bit about these camps, because I know one name that I, I've seen time and time again just from covering high school sports in the area and high school football is Chris Saylor. I know, I think if I remember correctly, I believe he was a UCLA place kicker back in the day. Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah, now, he was. And I know he's, now is he based out of Southern California? Yeah, he is, and he runs camps all across the country. Yeah, and I know you're not the first player from around here to go to his camps and attend there, so talk a little bit about that. How often are you attending camps, whether they're Chris Saylor's or others? Uh, and when you're, when you're at these camps, I guess one of the questions I have is it invitation only? Are you paying a fee? How many players are showing up? Kind of give us a little bit of a look into the the world of, of camps for kickers, if you will. Yeah, so um, the camps, uh, like the dates of the camps I go to kind of vary. Um, there's parts throughout the year where I go to more camps and there's parts where I go to less camps. But um, I would probably say I go to around 5 to 10 every year. And some of the camps are invitational only. Most aren't. Um, there are there's a there's a series of invitational camps in the summer, but um, all the other camps throughout the year are um, something you can just sign up for. And when there there's so there's two kinds of camps. Uh, first of all, there is just um, like training camps that he runs on the weekends in um, various states across the country, and they usually average about um, I'd say 80, 80 to 100 kickers, specialists. And then there are two big events in Las Vegas every year. And those, um, and that's just a huge event. People come from all across the country. And I'd say there's usually around 400 people there. And that's the so, event that just took place recently, correct? Yeah, it was a little bit different um, but due to COVID. But, yeah. Now, did I see this correctly? Did you come away with some sort of an honor or you were recognized or made some sort of a list? Yeah, um, I made the field goal and punt competition finals for um, everyone in my age group who was is, who is there. Very impressive. And also, I know Chris Saylor came out with a list recently who we've already talked about. Uh, the top 15 available punters in the nation, I would assume that's for the class of 2021, and, and you made the top 15. That's, that's kind of a prestigious thing to have on your resume, and I'm sure that some colleges have taken note of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, really thankful for to be in that situation no definitely now when you're at one of these clinics and you're getting coaching from a specialist if you will and i don't mean to be too sarcastic on here i mean it, to me when i think of kicking i think of sea ball kickball obviously you're doing a little more than that what kind of techniques are they working on with you or is it something in which you, is it a lot of stretching is it just you know strength building what what are we doing at these these clinics um at the camps themselves there is not a there's not a whole lot of training. It's a lot of evaluation, competition, um, but there is a training aspect to it. Uh, before COVID started, um, in the session in the morning, which was field goal, they would film us on iPad, 
And then after lunch, we would come in. Uh, since, since the camps are usually at high schools, so we'd go into a classroom. And Chris Saylor would uh, review our film. He'd go over things we need to work on and things that we're doing good. Um, so, And then we'd try to implement what he says after that. But, yeah, so that's about um, all the training that actually happens at the camps. But the stuff that they do teach is a lot of um, – it is pretty technique-driven, and there obviously is – elements to that as well with stretching and strength but a lot of it is technique so so give us some numbers of things we can relate to here a little bit let's start with field goal kicking what kind of range do you have um i'm good uh back to about 55 yards 50 and i did i see a video where did you kick one that was 58 in practice or uh yeah i did i got to give yeah. you those extra three yards it just sounds that much more impressive right <laughs> yeah okay so you, you got but you feel like if you had to go into a game situation Coach Shapiro calls on you and says, hey, we need a 55-yarder. You're, you feel like that's within your range then? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, how about punting? Is that – because I know – are you now? I, I, let, me, let me back up here for a moment. Do you see yourself as more of a kicker or a punter at the next level, or do you want to do both? Um, I would ideally like to go to a place where I can make an impact for both kicking and punting. Um, I'd say I'm pretty equal uh, skill-wise for both of them, and I like them both equally. So, yeah. So at, at these camps that you're at, is it just you? Because you're like only a third, right, of the – you got the long snapper and you got the holder too. You, you're, you're relying on those guys too. Uh, yeah, at the camps there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of um, like what we call live operation field goals or punts with a snap and a hold. But, um, yeah. The thing about kicking, too, that always amazes me, and we see it at the college level and the, and the pro level a lot, you, you see kickers psychologically start to lose their confidence a little bit. You know, the, the guy that goes out there and misses one or two field goals, and then all of a sudden the next four or five are, are going to be, you know, very similar. It is so psychological. Is that something that they work with you on, or is that something that really can be taught or can be discussed and Kind of talk talk about your approach to the game in terms of knowing that hey at any given time you might be called upon to to win or lose a game with one moment. Yeah, um, as I've started kicking, I found how um, how mental it really is, and you have to, and it's with some with some people you can teach them techniques. For example, like I learned some uh, some breathing techniques to help me kind of calm calm my nerves, and but. Yeah, it's it is it is a big part of the game, and yeah. A question I have about punting too, because I see this more and more, especially at the college level. I feel like we're seeing it, the the Australian style punt these days, where you know we'll see the Australian punters who start have started to come over here and infiltrate the game a little bit, and they tend to catch the ball, and, and as is the case in Australian rules football when they play, they like to kind of kick on the run, so to speak, so they'll kind of float out to the right or the left and then kick the ball down the sideline. Is that something that you can kind of see maybe the, a direction that the game is going to be heading in, in the future, or is it is it a gimmick? Is it something that we should expect more of, and is it something you've ever worked on? Uh, yeah, I have worked on it. It's, it's an interesting style of punt. It's definitely different from the traditional punt, but um, I do think that it is going to become more, um, I guess, more common in the future since there are um, – since just more, like you said, more and more punters are coming from Australia. So the um, we always ask golfers and we ask other athletes too their favorites. Who's your favorite punter? Who's your favorite kicker? Oh, my favorite punter would uh, have to be Johnny Hecker, the Rams punter. 
Bothell High School. Bothell High School. Not too yeah. far away from you there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my favorite kicker would probably be Harrison Butker for the Chiefs. Any particular reason for either one of those guys? Um, well, actually, no, Johnny. Uh, personally, I kind of got to know him um, over this past off season since he um, he does live up here in the off season, and my trainer kind of put me in contact with him, and I started kicking with him and kind of befriended him, I guess. And um, and Harrison Butker, uh, there's no real real reason I like him. It's just when I watch him kick, I'm just very impressed by his technique, and he also just has a huge leg. Now, I watched I watched Johnny play a little quarterback back in the day. He could throw yeah. the ball as well. Has he given you any pointers on on fake punts, or is that something that's just uh, innate and you either have it or you don't? <laughs> um, he doesn't really give me any pointers, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely something um, you can work on, I guess. I like, by the way, I'm saying this as a compliment. I like the fact that you're you're a little more down to earth than Pat McAfee and the way he's put punters on the uh, <laughs> on, on the map these days. Is that kind of more your personality? Uh yeah, I'd say so. Uh, keep keep that up. We like it. Well, talk a little bit about the college scene. What's uh, what's that looking like for you? Obviously, uh, you're getting noticed at some of these camps you've been going to and clinics, and certainly your your body of work at Kings. Are you getting a lot of a uh, lot, lot of talk from some of these coaches right now? Any offers on the table? Anything you're willing to discuss? Where where are we at? Um. So right now, I have uh, five offers from Division three schools, and I'm and recruiting has been a little bit. Um, different this year as you can imagine with everything that happened with covid since there were no college camps or no visits or anything like that um so everything has kind of been pushed back and so for me uh right now i'm still talking to coaches and you know maintaining relationships and hopefully um i think it should pick up in the next month or so but um yeah is and it I, like is, I, it, is it like the rest of football do you send them film is it more a matter of they just want to know your stats what how do those conversations usually usually go? Yeah, it is. Uh, a lot of it is based around film. Um, I mean, if you can just – the more film you can get to a coach, the better, the more they can see you kick, kind of learn your style, your technique, to, and um, kind of just get them a large enough sample size um, so that they can see whether you'll be a fit for their program or not. Well, I think the one thing that speaks volumes about you also, I know you've got a strong GPA uh, – reached out to Coach Shapiro about you, had some nice things to say, and also I noticed Coach has been on, on social media lobbying for coaches to take note of you. It's going to be kind of nice for you to know that Coach has your back in that case too. Not every program has that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something I appreciate about the program. No, definitely. And one last question I had for you, because I know we've had athletes in the studio here before during a non-pandemic who have played in the Coaches versus Cancer All-Star Games as well as other All-State All-Star Games. Uh, that it hasn't been a possibility yet this year. However, I noticed that you did go to the Coaches versus Cancer mini camp in late summer, a nice place to be able to kind of fraternize with some of the other local high school athletes. Was that something that was a positive experience for you? And I know obviously not being able to play games and be at Woolsey Stadium on Friday nights in the fall is kind of a bummer. But nonetheless, it sounds like you've had a chance to at least experience some things that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise had you been playing in another position. Yeah, it was definitely a good experience. It was um... – I got to meet, got to see a lot of other really great high school kids from around the area, and I also got to um, actually kind of meet and work with the coach from Central Washington who was there. So that was cool. Very nice. Well, hopefully he, uh, he took note, and maybe we'll see you as a Wildcat one of these days, or or uh, or better yet, maybe D one. It still remains to be seen. But Jack McAllister, it sounds like certainly you're uh, you're doing all the right things and taking all the right steps to. Uh, 
to ensuring that your your game is at the, the top of its mark here. And we uh, we wish you nothing but the best, and thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. There you go. Full show. <laughs> yeah, we had a great show tonight. We, we went, like I said, we went a little over, but great conversations, three different segments. What do we have? Six different guests total, and I think we, we covered a lot of ground. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse by the Law Office of Russell and Hill, by Screen Printing Northwest, and by Hometown Handyman. Who did we have on the show tonight? On the show tonight, we had Andy Bueller from Washington Scorebook Live talking about the top 50 high school boys basketball teams in the state. We then talked a little Arlington High School boys basketball, head coach Nick Brown, assistant coach Jeff Bryson, his son Drew Bryson, who was an all-state basketball player for the Eagles a few years ago, and Ethan Martin, second team All-Westco as a sophomore for the Eagles last year, hoping to get back out on the court in 2021. And then finally, last but not least, our final segment, Jack McAllister, one of the top kickers and punters in the state, by way of Edmonds, Washington, it's where he's from, uh, goes to Kings High School. There you go. That is it for this week. We're back with you next Thursday night. Reminder, we'll be on two Wednesdays the night before Christmas Eve and the night before New Year's Eve. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now. More of Everett's greatest hits. K-R-K-O.
Jose Feliciano. Feliz Navidad. Songs that can help you escape. A calm in the middle of a storm. K-R-K-O.